baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Welcome to the program. Mark Cox is right there. My name is Bo Matthews. Carl Middleman is here uh, at the controls. Hi. Uh, great song. Great song. Why did you pick this song? Because you gave me an article out of a magazine about a month and a half ago, and I've been trying to get somebody to talk about it. And you got it done. And I, our first guest today will be taking care of that. Well, I, I think this is cool. I, I had never heard of Eddie the Eagle. I don't know how it passed me by. Where and, have you been? Well, I live under oh, a rock. In 1980, late 80s, Eight. sometimes. 88, something I, like that. You know what? I, I Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I had started my radio career in 85, so yeah. I was busy. I okay, I get it, I get it. So I that's my it. past. But Andy the Eagle, if you Google that, there is actually a movie that was put out in 2015 about a young boy that wanted to be a, a, a an Olympian. A, 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 like a ski jumper. Well, he eventually went to that. He, he wanted to be any he kind wanted of to Olympian. Be an, he wanted to be an Olympian. Javelin thrower. What, he and he tried, tried a whole kind. bunch of things. It stars Taron Edgerton. I saw this movie in the theater. The guy that played Elton John in Rocket Man. Oh. But this is was like... the boy... Is the kid, yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, I watched the trailer of Eddie the Eagle, the movie, but there's this whole movement, people, that have been going on since 1988 called Eddie the Eagle and about uh, keeping your kids safe around firearms. Two different two different kind of things, because one is not in the United States. Eddie Eagle is in the United States, but Eddie Eagle, it was Canada or UK or <laughs> yeah. so, somewhere foreign. Uh, yeah. Just teaching kids common sense gun safety. We've we've lost that over the years, right? So when when did Eddie the Eagle first hit your brain? Although, like when you probably first... in the late eighties. I mean, I probably I I worked start my got my first job in TV in nineteen eighty seven. I remember covering the story as a reporter really? one time in a local school. Okay, because they'd brought Eddie in and it was a big deal. Didn't take too long before some left wing liberal group got mad because, well, how, you're, why are you showing kids a cartoon character? That's that's making guns seem good. Well, that's like guns are bad. Joe Camel. But you have to have something kids are going to relate to, or they're going to ignore it. No, it's it's about safety. It's about my. I goodness. know that. I know it is. But you have to understand the mind of people that yeah, are anti. Well, they didn't understand it. You're right. Once well, you explain <clears throat> to what it is. It right. makes a lot more sense. Like stop, drop, and roll. Sure, uh, or, sure. Or, or uh, what's another one? Uh, what's another one that's ingrained in your head uh, when you're a kid? Dare. I mean, you know what? The, the dare treatment. That's a, that's the a, dare program. A, that's a great program. Yeah. And boy, do I love seeing those like you know high end Corvette Mustangs, whatever, confiscated dare. by Dare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, this was a donation from the bad guys or whatever. So. I'm sure I've told you this story, but stop me if, if if I have. I don't think I've told you the story. When I was in sixth grade, I had to give a speech on something um, of interest. To Never me, heard right? this. You could you could um, anything. You could present it to the teacher, and they'd tell you if they'd let you do it or not. Okay. It wasn't about the content. It was just about you getting up. Speaking. You had to get up and give a speech about something that interested you. Sure. So uh, my father 
was given a P38 9mm Walther uh, by his uncle who was in World War II. I was fascinated by this gun. So I said to my teacher, this is a World War II relic. It was it was confiscated by my uncle, who was an American soldier, World right. War II. Can I bring it in and do a show and tell with the class? She went to the principal's office. The principal said, that's fine. Just have his mom bring it in in a brown paper bag. Make sure it's unloaded, obviously. Wow. Leave it in my office. When it's time for the speech, uh, walk down here and get it. Take it to the classroom. Do your speech. And when he's done, bring it back. And then mom can pick it up after. Can you imagine? So that would have been, I'm trying to think, that would have been 76, 70, 75, 76, something like that. Sixth grade. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, and, and I grew, you know, the thing is, I grew up in uh, in the era of gun racks in the back windows of pickups. Your rifles, your, you know, uh, 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 and no, that see, was a thing. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't pass the gun around, but I held it up in the front of the class. I told the story about how it came to to our possession. Sure. Uh, talked a little bit about World War II, and then we laid it up on a table at the front, and kids could come up one at a time and look at it, lay in there on the, on the table, and then my teacher put it back in the brown paper bag, and she walked it back down to the principal's office, and he kept, held on to it till the end of the day. And and imagine that today. You you can't, kids can't, oh, you couldn't dare do that. How could you have a gun at a school? There's and no way. It's a blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's in, the conversation is insane these days. It's a different world. I grew up in a high school where very often there were trucks in the parking lot with guns in a rack That's in the back window. That's what I'm talking window. about. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody ever got shot. What was the what, the squirrels got we, shot? Thank you, <laughs> or the groundhogs, or whatever we were shooting at. Right? It was there was you know no thought the, of that. It is it is about the you're growing up. My dad gave me my first Daisy BB gun when I was seven. My parents divorced when I was seven. He says, "Hey, you're gonna the, you're the man of the family. You got to protect your your mom and your sister." Here's here's this like a BB gun's gonna do it. But he was you know just trying to show me there's some responsibility you're gonna have. Well, uh, we lived in an apartment complex, and I remember, uh, you know, it was an apartment complex that was near a giant field. So I take it out there, and I'm, I'm just plinking, plinking the back of the uh, the backboard of the the basketball hoop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and next thing I know, a buddy of mine and his brother came out, and they're like, "Oh, can we shoot it?" And I was like, "Sure, just shoot out into the field." And his brother, his little brother, climbed up the the pole and got behind the backboard. And as soon as the the kid raised the gun, he was shooting into the field. He saw his brother up there. He pointed it, shot the BB. It was a BB. It wasn't even a pump gun. It was just a you know just a spring loader. Spring loader. And uh, and it hit his brother two inches above his eye. Oh, no. I, I put your eye out with those. See, that whole movie was bad. That's I'm was telling you. That's right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that's. You have to have safety. safety. You have to have supervision when it comes to firearms. I think the Eddie the Eagle program is just fantastic. Uh, so I, I'm anxious to hear more about well, that. Mark, Mark was saying the other day that the city's giving out uh, free gun locks. And you were saying that usually when you buy a firearm, you get one already. So why does the well, city need b- b- to give b- them b- out? If you buy one that's pre-owned, you might not. If you sure. buy a new gun, you're generally you getting there's it. generally one in the in the case with it when you get it. But it but it's one of those steel cable things that for a for a handgun you you put through the receiver and you secure it on the outside. You have to put it on. Now, the the argument for many people is if you have to have a handgun in your house for for security reasons, 
fumbling to get that little lock open in the middle of the night is not doing you any good. That's very true. So those little hand safes with the key combinations and stuff are much more convenient to get access to it, but know that your kid can't get access to it. Long-term storage, they're good, though. But I mean, you, if, but if you, you still have that. to go through that thought process. That that seems to be the key to me. We have to get people to go through this thought process. Uh, I bring up the story in California, right? Yeah. Where the shooting this past week in Sacramento, Six where people, people right? were shot outside of a convention center or something and and you know the the da the governor they're all calling for tighter gun laws in a state that's got the craziest gun laws in america and it didn't solve anything because this was gang related sure and guess what one of the guys that they arrested for th- being involved in all this has already been released on bail so clearly you're not all that worried about fixing the problem to begin with if you would if you would enforce the laws that are on the books you would have fewer of these problems. New gun laws don't prevent one thug from shooting another thug. You you can't do that uh, because the gun laws are uh, they're they're followed by legal gun owners, and Bingo. it doesn't it doesn't really pertain to the bad guys. I mean, look how they're going into, out to the outlying communities and just going through vehicles and stuff. Again, you can't hear it enough. Do not leave your firearm in your vehicle unlocked. Uh, because a window lock could it be, up. D- d- lock it up or bring it in the house with you because so many firearms are being you know moved and stolen and and doing bad things down the road it, it's just a different world you got it's all about safety but that story was horrifying it, it and when there's a big shooting like that uh it, it made me think of the vegas shooting it, it makes me think of all these high profile shooting uh situations um again people are either uh you know dangerous to begin with or they're deranged, um, mentally unstable, there's issues. Those gun laws are in place for a reason. Those background checks, you know, you always say, oh, we want more extensive background checks. The background check is pretty extensive at this point. And it, it, Unless you're Mark Cox and you get denied. <laughs> well, that, that can <laughs> We happen. got that straightened up. Thank you, just for the record. Uh, by the way, by the way, uh, I'm in the race for the who's going to get the silencer first. Uh, did I tell you about this with you Chief did, out in Eureka? You did not. Oh, I didn't? Oh, you, yeah. You he applied? goes, oh, I'm, I'm going to get me one, too. And I was like, oh, but he's going to a different store. I went to Razorback, and I've already got my email that it's uh, it's uh, approved. And now the time, now the FBI does their thing. And the clock starts ticking. Oh, okay. and Good the race is on. Somebody's going to yeah. have to buy me lunch is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's not a cheap uh, purchase, generally speaking. You're dropping about 1000 bucks, right, between the uh, permit uh, and the and the silencer? So what I was told, yeah, suppressor? yeah, it, it's expensive. The tax stamp and all that stuff, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. And I said, well, I was thinking about the 9mm uh, one. He goes, no, 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 no. Start with the twenty two suppressor. He goes, that will be the gateway drug to get all the other ones. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Thanks a lot, pal. No, but I'm looking forward to it because, you know, I like to shoot. and Jesse? Yeah. That's some smart marketing on his part. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> that is, that's absolutely some smart marketing on he his part. He gets you with this one, and then you want to get all the other ones. Yeah, that's Sorry, a... honey, we can't pay the electric bill. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the Eddie the Eagle uh, program. We're going we're gonna to get uh, with somebody from the NRA on that. Our friend Lars is going to tell us more about uh, th- this program and how it's still around and how they're getting the, the word out to people. And and speaking of kids, there's a, there's a youth season that's about to kick off, if you're not familiar with it, uh, and uh, it it, I don't know. I mean, I've never been able to kill a turkey. I've been out a few times. It's a tricky, but now it's youth turkey season. We'll talk to her, we'll talk to our friend Tim about that because he he clearly has been trying to help his kid. I, I think it's sweet. You can't rely on it for Thanksgiving turkey, but uh, the frozen food section is still there at the grocery <laughs> store.
<laughs> That's me. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. The w- weather's warming up. Uh, grass cutting season. Yeah. Mm. But I, as I'm putting the fertilizer out, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Stop. I'm, adi- I'm adding more work to myself. More coming up here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm at an eagle, and I like it too much to see you get hurt, and that's why I say, if you spot a gun, just walk away. Go find an adult, go tell him what you found. Guns shouldn't be left lying around. Yeah, stop. Don't touch. Leave the area. Tell an adult. Do it with me now. Stop. Don't touch. Leave the area. Tell an adult. I love it. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back. Boy, that brings back a lot of memories. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, the NRA's uh, uh, character designed to teach kids about gun safety. I mean, all the times we hear these stories and... You're thinking to yourself, this is nothing new. This has been around a long time. Uh, you know what? I've never heard of him up until just recently. Seriously. Bo I, Matthews. I, I know. I've, you, I've, you were out of high school by then. so Maybe that's what it is. But when, <laughs> I've, when I learned of Eddie the Eagle, I thought, now that is a great program. And, uh, boy, the headlines we've been seeing lately with the, you know, the four-year-olds and the five-year-olds. There was just one this week, uh, you know, shot somebody with a, an AR. I'm like, or no, shot themselves. Uh, yes. It's just heartbreaking. And at what point do you start talking to kids about guns? You know, they're talking to kids about a lot of things nowadays a little earlier. So many things have changed. Lars Dahlside is joining us this morning. A friend of mine, I've had him on my show many times over the years, spokesman for the NRA as well. Uh, Lars, good morning to you. Morning. Appreciate you guys having me on today. Absolutely. Good Good to hear your voice again. It has been a while. I mean, um, this Eddie the Eagle has been around since 1988. Yeah, 1988. We uh, we had our then president, uh, the NRA past president, Marion Hammer. She got together with a group of elementary school teachers, uh, police officers, child psychologists, and others in the field, and they developed this program specifically for the pre-K through fourth graders. Uh, to teach them what to do if they came upon a firearm. We came up with the, the four simple rules. If you see a gun, stop, don't touch, run away, and tell a grown-up. I love that. And we've been teaching that lesson for, at least it's, as you said, since 1988. And at this point in time, I believe our numbers are we've held this seminar for more than 32 million kids across the United States. My goodness. That's, that, that, that's as probably ingrained into those that have heard the message as much as uh, stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. You know? There you so. go. It's good. you gotta, you got you to work it in early, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, you know, here's the thing about it. For people who are gun owners, there's a responsibility that goes along with that, right? Just like your First Amendment rights have a responsibility not to yell fire in a crowded theater. With your Second Amendment rights, you have the responsibility to be a safe gun owner. The NRA preaches it. Everybody I know who's a legal gun owner preaches it. The the first part of that is keeping your firearm locked up uh, if you're not 
concealed carrying it or whatever the case may happen to be. I mean, that's the problem, Lars, we seem to be experiencing here in St. Louis. It's important, and I, I don't want to d- downplay at all the importance of teaching kids these safety issues because that is important. But priority number one for every gun owner I know is safety. If you're not if you don't have the gun on you, it's locked up somewhere. It should be. Well, we believe that each an individual gun owner has their own each individual needs when it comes to the safety. You know, for someone like myself, I'm a single guy, no ex-wife, no kids, nothing like that. I'm the only one in my apartment. So when I'm home, my firearm is basically secured. Right. That's not the same for my brother who has kids. And it's entirely different rules and entirely different things that each individual person needs to do for themselves. And we definitely encourage those who, you know, if they have kids in the home, that's their, you know, make sure that everybody's well-educated on the whole thing and that their firearms are secure. Well, and as uh, technology has changed, and by the way, this segment brought to you by Razorback Armory, that does sell gun safes for your nightstand or whatever. (laughs) They secure them. Go to RazorbackArmory.com for more information. Uh, But uh, there's technology has changed so much. Now you have the the thumbprint uh, ID to pop open the safe. Uh, You know, the electronics has just moved so fast, so there really is no excuse. Lars, I I hope you agree that, that, you know, people cannot store their firearms safely and securely and out of the reach of kids. Oh, yeah. As I said, we encourage the, the safe firearm storage for those, you know, if, as it meets their individual wants and needs. And we expect that everybody to be a responsible gun owner. We have plenty of classes when it comes to both handling, storing, and using firearms available throughout the NRA. Well, we've taken the resp- the the problem is we've taken the responsibility away from parents and put it back on the inanimate object. That that's the problem I have with it. They want to blame the gun. Well, it's it's the proliferation of guns that's causing this problem. No, it's not. It it's people who have no respect for the firearm, who bring it home, who leave it laying on a, in a in a, an unlocked cabinet or whatever. They know they have kids in the house. Then a kid finds it something tragic happens. That that's not the gun's fault. That's the individual's fault uh, who put the gun there, and they should have known better to begin with. That sickens me. You know, I, I, I've got kid, a kid who's been involved in youth sp- uh, sh- uh, shooting sports for years on a, on a trap team. And the sad, the sad truth is that used to be common practice across America. Kids were exposed to, you know, Uncle Joe's gun standing in the corner because he needed to run out in the middle of the night and kill a fox that was trying to get into the hen house. Or a possum or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was told growing up we'd go visit my uncles on a farm. Uh, you see that gun behind the door? Don't touch it. Yeah. Uh, and if I catch you near it, I'm going to blister your rear end. <laughs> and you don't you don't get and I just knew you grew up knowing that. And today we we're, we're removed from those more rural environments. And these problems generally happen in in these urban areas where people aren't teaching those lessons to their children and they're not. They're just not doing proper gun safety. So I guess, Lars, my question for you is, how widespread is the program these days? Do you wait for people to come to you? Do you offer it to school systems? How, how does it get distributed? It gets distributed overall, usually through local law enforcement. Okay. Uh, we go ahead and we send them out. Officially, they apply for a grant, and we make sure that the grants usually get uh, approved overall. We send them out the materials, their workbooks, their videos, their stickers, and all sorts of great things, along with uh, the mascot 
system. We give them the general program of what to do, how to teach it overall, and they'll go out from everything to elementary schools, to local libraries, community events. You know, we've had them at even Major League Baseball games and stuff like that, where they'll go out there and help to spread the overall message. Uh, we have people, like I said, they have been doing this since 1988. Maybe not the same people, but definitely the the same departments. And as I said, it's one of the things that we're we're very proud of, and we get stories all the time about how kids come upon a firearm in a playground, in a bush, in their neighborhood, wherever it might be, and they'll go ahead and run off and they'll tell it. And there's a little story about, yeah, they had an Ed Eagle class last week, last month, last year. And, you know, we thank them for going through and recognizing this danger and making sure that the proper people were were uh, notified. I wonder if Eddie Eagle's ever been uh, hanging out with uh, Fred Bird at uh, Bush Stadium. That, <laughs> that might be, you know, kind of cool. Uh, it might be a little foul, but oh, just kidding, hey. just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, here I'm. I'm here all week. Um, so here's here's a question though. In this woke, woke world that we live in, when this program is introduced to a possible idea for the curriculum for young kids, do you get pushback from programs, uh, from schools, from school boards, things like that? Just curious if that's an issue. We've had pushback here and there. They said it usually does depend on the system, and it usually depends on the people involved. But for the most part, when we're teaching this lesson, you know, there, there can be a reaction to the NRA from some parents that don't understand what it is that they're actually offering. But this is one of a handful of classes and programs that the NRA offers that has nothing at all to do with firearms. There are no firearms present. They're not part of the class. It doesn't come into play at all. And once they hear and they understand that this is teaching the kids, giving them a very basic collection of phrases for what to do, as well as workbooks and exercises and programs on what to do if they come across a firearm and to get away from it, they're usually you know, more than happy to let their, their kids take part in the program. Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, and, and I hope there are people listening today, maybe they, they go to their local police department and ask them to, to present that to their school district. If you're doing this through through law enforcement, I mean, people could reach out that way and, and make a request of their local police, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. And if, like, the local police departments, if they don't have an Ed Eagle program there, they can reach out to us here at the NRA, or, you know, they can send an email to eddie at nrahq.org. That gets right into the people running the programs, and they'll run them through the application system, send off the materials needed, and teach them how to get the class up and running. And, yeah. Lars, what about, now I'm thinking about uh, homeschooled or even virtual schooled uh, parents. Is there a program that Eddie the Eagle can be, uh, just ordered by an individual family. Yeah, overall, you know, the, the program can be taught by just about anybody. Um, the main thing is we want to make sure this gets out to as many kids as possible. Um, so while the overwhelming majority of the people who do put on the program are police officers, we have a number of other folks that are just, you know, active in the community overall, you know, whether it be from, as you were saying, the homeschool parents group, uh, you know, neighborhood watch, or just anyone at all that wants to teach this life-saving message for kids. Yeah, yeah. Lars, I know when I used to have you on my show a lot, you were, you were working with the, uh, the legislative arm of the NRA. Are you still active in that? Still working on the legislative side, yes, sir. Yeah, I know. So what, what are some of the big headlines over there? I, I looked at your website probably a couple of days ago, and there were was, there was some stories on there about the, the pistol brace guidance. Well, probably the, the biggest thing that we have right now is just last week, 
that Georgia became the 25th state to pass constitutional carry here in the United States. That's nine in the past year, and as I said, 25 overall. So half of the country right now offers constitutional carry, which basically means you don't need to pay the government or get a permission slip from the government in order to exercise your constitutional right. As long as you're legally allowed to possess a firearm, you can carry that firearm for self-defense. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. That's great news. And, uh, and, and the push still continues for more states, uh, and you're involved with that directly? Oh, definitely, definitely. We're working all of the time. You know, whenever there's a legislative session open, we have our people pushing for it. Um, it it's like I said, we've really seen an uptick lately um, is Jason Weimay, who is the executive director of NRA ILA, you know, our political side of the operation. He said that uh, the COVID pandemic really turbocharged this effort because people became to realize with the limited resources and all this talk about defund the police that they were going to be their last line of defense, that they were going to be the ones who are ultimately responsible for their own personal safety. And that's why we saw the uptick in first-time gun owners, and that's why we've seen this push right now for constitutional carry as well. Wow, that's fantastic news. Uh, thanks for thanks for doing the heavy lifting on this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and the other thing that I that I was uh, uh, going to meet uh, mention, you guys have your annual meeting coming up next month. I'll never forget a few years ago when they held it here in St. Louis. I mean, I wish you'd come back, but I don't blame you for not coming back. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it sounds like Texas is a great place for that. Well, you know, I had fun in St. Louis, and I had the, it was my first time there. I had it on my list to get off to the arches. I had a number of colleagues that got to go off and uh, and visit the arch and go through the whole tour and all yeah. that. But unfortunately, when you're working on the, the public relations side, you, you don't really have that much free time at these things. Uh, so didn't make it out there. Maybe again one day. But, yeah, we have our annual meeting in Houston. Um, it kicks off on uh, – May 26th, and it runs through that Sunday. Uh, We're going to have, I think overall they said it's 14 acre of guns, gear, and Second Amendment supporters. It's usually one of our biggest and most uh, attended events that we always have. We're going to have a leadership forum where we don't have any our confirmed speakers announced yet right now, but it's usually the bigwigs when you're thinking of the local, state, and national folks that are supporters of firearm legislation and policy. They're going to come out there. We have, you know, one of the big favorites is the Wall of Guns. There's our annual firearms law seminar, seminar, a hunter's leadership forum, Friends of NRA fundraising event. It's it's a great couple of days to get out there and find out where your Second Amendment rights stand here in the United States today. Yeah. A lot of fun, lots of good stuff to see. And my favorite uh, guest, my favorite um, speaker when they were here was Ted Nugent. Oh, did, nice. He just did a great job. <laughs> How many people do you expect this uh, this year? Oh uh, well, usually we run somewhere between the seventy to eighty thousand for the entire event. Uh, we had uh, very good numbers earlier in February for our Great American Outdoor Show. It was down a little from the last year, but that was to be expected. You know, since it was the first time it's coming back since the pandemic. The same is true for this. It's our first annual meeting since the pandemic, and so while we are expecting good numbers, they might not be as big as they were before, but we expect something in the uh, 70 to 80,000. That's wonderful. And will Eddie the Eagle be making an appearance? 
Oh, Eddie will definitely be making an appearance. <laughs> he'll be there. He'll be parading around, and you'll see him taking pictures with kids and families during the entire show. Hey, Lars, great having you on again, my friend. Uh, it's, it's been too long. We'll have to get you back on uh, 2A Tuesday on my shows as well. So No, I love to do it. Appreciate you guys having me on. That's you great. bet. Lars Dahlside, uh, spokesman for the National Rifle Association, the legislative arm, talking a little Eddie the Eagle, kid gun safety. Boy, you'd think it would just be common sense. But it's not. You would think, but it's not. You're right. We're dealing with uh, dumb people in the world. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of kids, uh, there's a youth season coming up that you need to know about. Uh, We'll talk to our friend Tim Kjelsvik from uh, Drury Outdoors, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to that coming up here in just a couple of minutes. When everybody's heard about the bird. The bird, bird, bird. The bird's a winner when the bird, bird, bird. Bird is a winner when the bird, bird, bird. It is Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman is here. Uh, and uh, we have a special guest because we always like to put the attention on uh, kids' uh, seasons, uh, deer hunting season and things like that, uh, because you really have to start kids Young, just like we were talking about with Lars on Eddie the Eagle. If you don't know more about uh, Eddie the Eagle, you need to find out more by going to the NRA and finding out how you can instruct your children to be safe when it comes to firearms. Uh, The rules are stop, don't touch, run away, and tell a grown-up. It makes sense. Now, for those responsible adults that like to go hunting and bring their children along, uh, introduce them gradually and eventually them hunting, uh, that's also a wonderful bonding moment for parents and maybe uncles and aunts and uh, kids. Tim Chelsvik from Drury Outdoors joins us again on Second Amendment Radio to talk about kids' turkey season. Tim, thanks for joining us again on Second Amendment Radio, buddy. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, are you, uh, are you, is this firearms or is this uh, bow and arrow? Well, it's uh, you can use either methods for youth uh, youth season. So, in fact, my plan is to take my daughter out with a crossbow this weekend. Ooh, nice! Now, this is your 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 huntress, your master huntress, who has already taken down a buck. <laughs> well, the buck is still an ongoing quest. So this this uh, this fall, we're going to try to get her a buck. She's killed a doe. Oh, it was a she doe. Was very, Sorry, very excited by that. My bad. Um, she would be the first to tell you, like, she's not killed a buck yet. She's very excited about putting some <laughs> antlers up on the wall. She would correct um, me. That's fine. That's fine. But you, you've got your kids yeah. out there, which uh, but, is wonderful. But yeah, she's hunted for, I think, four years now, not killed a turkey. And it's mostly because her dad's not that great of a turkey hunter. <laughs> um, so we're going to try We're gonna try this weekend uh, to put her on a big old gobbler. Yeah. So, Tim, you, you need to, um, I, I don't know. It, educate us here what you said dad's not a great turkey hunter what does it take to be a great turkey hunter i i've been turkey hunting twice i didn't see one till i was leaving the field it flew <laughs> over our heads so we didn't get of to course. shoot at it yep. and and yet when i drive to work out from wildwood to interstate 40 sometimes i take a back road called strecker road it's it goes through farmland back there and mm-hmm. inevitably i will see a flock of 20 turkeys in a field I see eating. them at Mason and 40. And I'm thinking to myself, why is turkey hunting so hard? Because I see them all the time, except when I'm hunting them. <laughs> well, think about it from a turkey's perspective. They spend every 
every day of their lives trying not not to get eaten by something. Yeah, true. So they're they're really good at staying alive. They're, they're they have incredible eyesight. It's just it's unreal how good their eyesight is. They pick up movement very very well. Anyone who's had a turkey at twenty yards and then blinked and had them you know turn tail and run knows that, you know you know they know exactly what that's like. Um, and, uh, you know, you can, you can be the best caller in the world. And sometimes if they just don't want to come near you or they're spooked by the decoys, they're just not going to come within range. So they're very particular animals. And, uh, and, and obviously the better a, a, a turkey caller you are, the better chance you have. Uh, but there's just nothing like doing your scouting and knowing where the birds naturally want to go. And then your job is to try to set up somewhere on that travel route. And, you know, during youth season, you had the benefit of being able to hunt all day uh, during the normal season that for Missouri starts here on the 18th. Uh, you can only hunt until uh, from from uh, first light until one o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, it's a little bit tougher during regular season, but Tim it can be done. Tim Chelswick from Drury Outdoors. So when you take take a kid uh, turkey hunting, uh, you're you're not you're not hunting. You're just out there teaching them. It's like taking a kid fishing. You're not fishing. You're just taking a kid fishing. Similar. Correct. Yeah. In fact, during the youth season, um, there, there is no adult hunting allowed. So, uh, so it'll just be, you know, buy my daughter a permit and, uh, and it'll just be her hunting and I'll be aiding her, but, uh, but I will not be hunting myself. Now, when, if she doesn't kill this weekend and she wants to go out during the, the primary season with me, that's fine too. I probably will have a weapon with me because sometimes, you take that for, you know, if, if a couple of gobblers or two or three birds come in together, you shoot one, the others will hang around to beat the crap out of their fallen comrade and you might have a chance to double up. Wow. So there, there there's always that possibility. So it makes sense to, to carry a, a weapon with you if you got a youth uh, and, and you still have an unfilled turkey so, tag. So they're cautious, but not smart. It, it, it's crazy the uh, the kind of the duality of them. I mean, you could blink, like I said earlier, and scare them off, but you could fire off a shotgun, and they're going to still stay in the area. It's it, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. The uh, the calling is a is a a true talent, and so do you get your daughter in this case, or do you get the the kids doing the calls like you know at home, like you're running around? Or are you doing the box call, the mouth call? How do you how do you do that yourself? My daughter has a, actually a really good natural voice mouth call. She doesn't use a diaphragm call. She has she just she's young. Her voice is high enough, and she's got a little rasp in her voice. She's listened to calling enough to be able to natural voice call. And that may change as she ages and her voice changes a little bit. But she's got a pretty good hen yelp just just using her natural voice. That's cool. Um, pretty good but, hen yelp. Not not a description <laughs> to think you'd ever use for your child. <laughs> <laughs> and she could be she could hit the uh, turkey calling circuit and uh, maybe do pretty good with it because that that's a whole culture in and of itself sure. the turkey calling competitive circuit and, and that's a great place for kids to experience success mm-hmm. and and be lauded over and really do something big at a pretty young age so is she constantly like doing the the the, the hen Ooh. yelp or whatever like does she do it around her friends and they look at her like what the heck's going on well, she does other things that her friends look at her weird for. Uh, <laughs> that's just kind of the, <laughs> the hallmark of being a 10-year-old kid. But, um, you know, l- like a lot of girls her age, she's also a social butterfly. So um, she has a lot of other things she's interested in, and, and, and it's my job as her dad to 
help introduce her to turkey hunting and hunting in general, but not make it a job, um, not make it seem like work. And so she wants to hunt Saturday morning a little bit, and then she wants to come home and play. She doesn't want to hunt Sunday. And uh, so I'm, I'm not going to force it. We're going to go out and have a good time on Saturday morning, probably stopping at breakfast on the way home, hopefully with a turkey in the back of the truck. And <laughs> And, and that'll be the end of it. But it's really kind of on her terms, which I think is best for long-term enjoyment of the sport. Yeah, you know, for, for maybe for people who are considering taking kids out for the first time, how do you approach that, uh, Tim? Because you just talked about the fact that you might blink and scare one of these birds away. I've never tried to sit still with a kid for two hours, <laughs> and they're fidgeting, and they're, they're wanting to whisper questions to you. I mean, how do you just get, the, how do you just get it across to them? Listen. If you want to kill a turkey, you got to sit here perfectly still and not <laughs> yeah. fidget or say anything for <laughs> you, the next you, two yeah, hours. You, you've identified a challenge that there is no there's no solution for on the kid's <laughs> yeah, side. So yeah. that's why you control what you can control and get a pop-up blind, and you can sit in the blind, and, and you can get away with a lot more movement inside of a blind than you can just sitting under, you know, next to a, a tree. tree. Yeah. So I would highly suggest hunting out of a blind with a kiddo. Tim, what uh, what what age would you say is the youngest that you've heard of uh, somebody taking their kids out for uh, turkey season for youth season? I, I've seen some kids as as young as six, um, but uh, but you really have to know your kid and know their emotional maturity and how they're able to handle the sure. weapon um, and how they're able to process death because that that's a very stark reality that, that happens if you're successful that you will kill an animal and that there's a lot of emotional and psychological impact that comes from that so um you, you don't want it to feel like a video game you know like kids are used to seeing like you kill something you restart the game and everything goes back to normal it's a very finite thing that you're doing a very final thing that you're doing so so i i would just really really urge people to know their kids and and, and know how well they're able to handle it and turkey turkey honey if, if you have a blind is a great way to introduce kids to hunting uh, maybe they don't actually hunt they just come and sit with you in the blind they watch and they observe that's probably the best way to get them exposed to it and then kind of you know over time gradually give them more responsibility up to the point where they are actually uh, pulling the trigger well uh, where are some uh, where are some locations that people can get information about youth turkey season um, if they're not a turkey hunter themselves uh, what where are the circles out there on the internet where people can find more information if their kids are interested uh, mdc.mo.gov is is a great there's lots of resources for sure. turkey turkey hunting in the state of Missouri the uh, Illinois DNR if people are on the Illinois side uh, go to the Illinois DNR website if folks want to see like if, if they want to expose their kids to turkey hunts and what it's like we have literally thousands of fully produced video turkey hunts in the DeerCast app. So I, I know DeerCast makes it sound like it's a whitetail hunting app, but there's a lot of turkey hunting content in DeerCast. So people want their kids to see ethical, entertaining, interesting turkey hunting footage. There's a ton of it in DeerCast. That's good to know. It's good to know. What, T- Tim, what's next for you uh, season-wise? Uh, obviously, turkey season is is coming up. What are you looking forward to this summer? Uh, I do a fair amount of bow fishing with my buddies around the St. Louis area on the Merrimack River primarily. So so bow fishing is coming up. Squirrels open up in May, so I might go out and plink a few squirrels. I loved, our family Come loves to eat squirrels. Come to my house, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's over. You know, squirrel hunting has really fallen out of favor um, of, I don't know, the past 10, 15, 20 years. And it's really too bad because it's a plentiful 
uh, it's a plentiful uh, uh, sporting opportunity, and they're actually really, like I love to eat barbecued squirrel. It's it's delicious, <laughs> and um, and people miss out on it because squirrels kind of get a bad rap for yeah. being tree rats, and no one wants to eat them. I've I've used that term a time or two. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, well, good <laughs> I'm stuff. Not above eating them either. Uh, so, is there any uh, is there any squirrel content on uh, on the <laughs> deer cast? On the deer cast? <laughs> That's one thing we have a a, 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 a gaping hole. So it's your fault. It's your fault, man. The main mm-hmm. the main time I want to shoot. squirrels squirrels is when i'm in a tree stand and, it, and i'm just certain there's a big buck coming toward me because i hear something and i turn around and it's a two pound squirrel you know <laughs> inevitably that's they that's know it. they know when it's deer season yep <laughs> they do oh they're, they're lo- all over the place they're, they're in your lo- face yeah. they're louder than deer and oh my goodness they're they're it's hilarious crazy. to watch but, but you know speaking of youth hunting squirrels are a great a great starter animal oh, yeah. for kids that's good stuff. All right, Tim, you're a great dad, and uh, really get, uh, glad to have you back on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Good luck with your daughter. She's 10 years old, and this is how many years uh, going turkey uh, turkey hunting? I think this will be her fourth season. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Because the ages it, that, according to the Missouri Conservation Department, it's from 6 to 15 this weekend. Dang. Okay. Tim, you're ahead of the game, man. You are a, a good dad. Where can people find more out about you and uh, and what you've been doing? Well, uh, deercast.com is, uh, or the deercast app, just get that and you can see all my hunts and all the rest of our team's hunts. If folks are interested in getting a little help with their fitness and they're an outdoorsman or woman, uh, just look up Legion of Woodsmen on Facebook. I do some personal free coaching, uh, regarding health and fitness through there. Okay. Good stuff. Tim Chelswick. Thank you so much. Good luck this weekend. We will talk soon. Thanks guys. Yep. Tim, thank you. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Good getting him on there. All right. The weather's warming up. That's awesome. Uh, getting out and enjoying a ball game. Going uh, going uh, camping. Oh, yeah. All love that. that. Stuff. Oh, I love just got a new, I just got a new new to me camper, and I'm looking forward to using it. Oh, did you receive it already? We did. Oh, yeah. good. Uh-huh. Very okay. excited. Yeah. Well, maybe we can hear about that next week. A little more room. On the program. Uh, please share this podcast or this show uh, with uh, your friends and family on uh, your social media platforms. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. For Mark Cox, I'm Bo Matthews, and that's Carl Middleman running the controls. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. See you next week. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 